everybody. I'm Tammy Davis, and this week's story is called No Crying at Christmas, and it's going to be read to you, as always, by my friend, Cal Johnson. This is a story that happened a long time ago, back when I was a first-year teacher, so, gosh, more than 30 years ago, um, and it's a story about the last day of school before Christmas break and um, some really important lessons that I learned that day. I hope this story will also be a good reminder for all of us how lucky we are, and I hope this story will motivate us to think about ways that we can help other people. Um, specifically, you know, just, just to make sure that children have food to eat. That's really just the bottom line. If we could just do that, if we could just make sure that children had food to eat. Um, you know, that's a really good place to start. But I hope you enjoyed this story, No Crying at Christmas, um, read by my friend, Cal Johnson. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you for writing such a beautiful story. Tammy begins by saying, as a first-year teacher, December found me worn out and looking forward to the Christmas break. That last day of school was a cold, dreary one, but I practically danced through each class. For me, the bell could not ring soon enough, but as we got closer to the end of the day, the anxiety in the kids rose. By seventh period, kids were crying sobbing almost. What in the world? There's no crying at Christmas, I found myself saying over and over. What was wrong with my students? At 21, I wasn't prepared for the answer to that question. I still don't like the answer 33 years later. What was wrong with my students? Too much was and still is today is the sad answer to that question. I'll never forget the older, wiser math teacher talking to me at the end of that day. Tammy, school is the best place for many of these kids, she explained. When they're here, they're warm, they're fed, and nobody hurts them. Most of our kids don't want to be home for two weeks. And by the time she finished, I was the one in tears. For me, winter break meant rest and rejuvenation. It meant stuffing myself with favorite foods like my Aunt Jenny's mac and cheese and my mama's coconut anything. My Christmas memories were magical. Candlelight services matching pajamas for my sisters and me, a living room packed with gifts, falling asleep in front of the fire after a big breakfast. I grew up with the Christmas filled with love and indulgence. At 21, I was naive enough to believe everybody had a happy Christmas, and I couldn't have been more wrong. For many of my students, a two-week break took them away from their happy place. For them, school was magical. 
teachers planned fun activities and praised them when they did well. The classrooms, the cafeteria, the gyms, even the portables were warm and safe. For many students, school was the fantasy land. Home was reality, often more nightmare than fantasy. For two weeks, many of my students would not have power. A few would have no running water, and some of them would not be safe. I always say that I learned more during my early years of teaching than my students. I did my best to prepare them for eighth grade, but they taught me about life. I learned how sheltered I had been. I saw that life can be hard and life is not fair. My biggest takeaway, I learned that children suffer the consequences of their parents' actions. That lesson applies to children and all socioeconomic categories. Cycles of poverty and abuse are hard to break. I know that, but I also know that no child should be hungry. In our country, we should be able to make sure that every child has enough to eat. And that should be the parents' job, but many parents are failing their children in that most basic way. We can't give every child a happy life. We can't give every child a magical Christmas. But we should be able to make sure that every child is fed. We should be able to do that. Thank you.